You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 24, Kitty Valore. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Kitty Valore. Kitty is a pole dancer slash artist living in London. On this episode, we talk about how Kitty first discovered pole dance as a teenager living with her grandparents, her subsequent move to London, and her adventures pursuing pole dance as an artist and showgirl, the difference between strip clubs in the U.S. versus England, and how she handles the realities of being an unapologetic, sexually confident woman on social media. And as always, don't forget to check out Kitty's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com, where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. I also want to thank everyone who has subscribed to, rated, and left reviews for the podcast. Y'all the shit. And if you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you took the time to do so, because as trivial as it sounds, these things tremendously help with the success of the show. Now, enough of that. Let's bring on Kitty. Audio production. Welcome, Kitty Valora, to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? Hey, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, Cheerio to London from Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) So far away. Yeah, thanks for joining us from across the pond. You are our first British guest. We've had an Irish guest and we've had Australian, but never British. So Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yay, represent. (laughs) Representing. Yeah, awesome. Um, So let's get started. For lo- how long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? So I've been polling for about three and a half years, I think. Um, and I first saw pole dance like on a YouTube video. Like I was really into like cabaret and burlesque and stuff. So I'd always watch like loads of videos on YouTube. And then I found this pole dancing video of um, Leanne Riley. And I was just like, whoa, hot damn. Like I need to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, and that's kind of what inspired me to, like, go and seek out classes. Nice. And so how would you describe your personal pole style? Um, like, flexy, sassy, brutalicious. <laughs> I'm all about the twerk. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, that's, yeah I love That's cool, yeah, because you seem, like, very open and confident in your style. Yeah, for sure. I think I can't help it. Like, I, I've i tried to, like, rein it in before. It just doesn't really go very well. So I just, I'm always just really unapologetic about the way I, I dance and the way I perform. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know about twerking and things before pole. Oh, so really? that's something. Yeah, I had to, I taught myself mostly from videos or, like, in the strip club, like, watching other girls and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a proper dance background. Like when I started pole, 
I basically wanted to learn to dance, so I like took loads of other classes as well. I did like modern, jazz, ballet, contemporary. I did like everything, and I wasn't really very good at anything else. But <laughs> <laughs> so I just stuck to pop. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not that great at all these other styles, but yeah, it was cool. Like I'm glad I tried everything. Yeah, that's good. You want to be well-rounded and it will, even if you're not good at it, you can apply it still to your pole. Yeah, definitely. I learned from it. Yeah. And so you're a performer. Like, tell me what your, your life is. Cause I follow you online as I'm sure a lot of people do. And I see like you do all types of performances. It seems all over London. So what, what's, what's your life like? What's your dance life like? Oh, it's pretty chaotic, to be honest. Like, I'm always doing kind of odd jobs all over. Is um, dance, like, what you do? Or do you yeah, have, like, a corporate yeah, job? Yeah, okay. At the moment, I just, um, I teach. Um, I used to strip, but I'm not anymore. Basically, like, in London, the or in the UK, the strip scene is very different to the US and oh. to Australia. How so? Because um, we, well, we don't have a tipping culture, so... Girls do not get paid to go dance on stage. Um, so that's why they're not very good because they don't really care. Like, they don't get paid for it. Um, so that's flat we, rate? You get, like, a, a salary to be a stripper? No, you don't get a salary. You pay to be there. You have to pay a house fee. And then normally the club will take commission on top of that. And I just think, like, the amount of bullshit that you have to go through, um, like isn't really worth it for the money that you get so that's just kind of why I'm like how do you get paid if they're not if you're not tipped so it's all private dances it's all lap dance some clubs have like poles in the private room so it's like table dancing so that's how that's how all all of your own hustle so you're not really a a performer a dancer you're a hustler because you have to like talk the talk and you know be really charming and that's how that's how you get your money. <laughs> gotcha. On a side note, do you listen to uh, Lux ATL's podcast? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, I've been listening I to that, that too. Actually, because she came over. She did. And yeah, we hung out for a bit. So it was really cool to like talk to her about our, both our stripping experiences. And like we've both been through like the same kind of like hardships and struggles. And it was really nice to like have someone that to relate to but also compare the differences in in, in culture. (laughs) Yeah, I recommend anyone who's just interested in hearing more about it or learning more about it, check out Lux ATL's Stripcast. And she talks about like really the behind the scenes life as a stripper. And I think it's really interesting. And of course, because it's Lux, she's super entertaining at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It was was funny because she was saying like, our private dancers here like 20 pounds. And she was saying hers are like, ten dollars and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) so cheap um and also like stuff like when girls get naked on the stage like um they will still go on the pole or like kind of like be near to the pole and she said that it's really taboo in America like if you're like starkers you're not gonna touch the pole because you get like beat up or something (laughs) because it's just unhygienic or it's just seen as like nasty so I was like, whoa, we don't have that here. <laughs> no yeah. one really gives a shit. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So you did that in the past, but you're not doing that anymore. 
Oh, I kind of like dipped in and out like for a while. It's not like I won't ever do it again, but I just don't feel like it's really worth my time in this current industry. Yeah, yeah. do you feel like discovering pole it kind of gave you a new um path moving forward? Like have you capitalized on that doing the teaching and other things? Is that kind of uh a focus for you now? Yeah, definitely. I think I knew, like, because I started pole dancing when I was 16, like, in going to classes. So I was really young. I Wait, can like, I ask how old you are now? I'm 20. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. had no idea you were that young because I was just doing the math and I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> Three, what the? Okay. I know. Gotcha. I think I'm, quite, I'm quite unusual in that I am quite young. Yes. Um, yeah, so I was still at school when I was doing my classes, my pole dancing classes. I remember when I was 17, I just, I, I got so like obsessed. I just went and bought a pole and I bought it home because I, I live with my grandparents. I just bought it home and I was like, yeah, I bought this pole. I'm going to put it in my room. Is that cool? Like, <laughs> Grandma's like, this is not going in the dining room. And they're kitty. like, what? Okay. <laughs> and me trying to like carry it through the door because it's so heavy. <laughs> and also like just to add to the, to the mix, my grandparents are Jehovah's Witnesses. No so, way. Yeah. So I was brought up like very religious. Um, but I think I'm really lucky because, you know, they're quite open-minded and they could see that it was something I really enjoyed and that it made me happy. So, you know, they were, they were pretty cool with the pole dancing stuff. And, yeah, I came home from school and my granddad had put up my pole for me. And I remember just being so happy, like, screeching, like, oh, my God. Wow. So, yeah. Happy memories of bedroom polling when I was when I was doing my A levels. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny! So they like totally. That's cool. You didn't have to hide it from them or anything. Yeah, they... uh, no. I mean, I don't think they were over the moon about the stripping side of things, but they understood like what pole, like pole. They came to my first ever show and stuff, so oh, wow. that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I think um, a lot of people's families who are like non-religious are like can be a lot more kind yes. of hostile towards it so I think I'm quite lucky in that respect yeah I agree (laughs) so you um you know in your style you come off very confident and very like you know a lot of self-love a lot of you know lots of comfort being like in your own skin um but you did say on social media recently that you've been through a lot of shit and that it took you a while to get there even though now I'm realizing you're so young that <laughs> you're still to to feel that level of comfort at 20 is amazing but can you say how you kind of got there and like do you think pole had has like helped form you as like a, a confident young woman Yeah pole has given me so much so much confidence um because, yeah, before pole, like, um, when I did, like, sports at school, I would, like, never get my legs out. Like, I was really embarrassed about having, like, a big bum and, like, massive thighs. <laughs> so, I would, like, never, I would always wear, like, my jugger bones. And then, so for pole, like, to get my legs out was, like, a huge deal. And now I just, like, prance around in my thong with, like, half my vagina hanging out and it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was very therapeutic for me, like, Especially when you're, I think when you're a teenager and you're going through all this kind of weird body image mm-hmm. crap and stuff. And I've always been like quite a highly sexual person. I was always really open about it and like get a lot of hate for that as well, like being quite liberal. So Paul was like my safe space where I could just 
dance and, and be myself and not be like ashamed. So that was really, yeah, it was a really important like part of my growth as a, as a person. Yeah, and I feel like you've connected with a lot of like-minded people in London. Yeah. Can you tell us what is the East London Strippers Collective? So um, the Strippers Collective is like a group of like some hot-ass sexy women who <laughs> are not all like ex-strippers or strippers. Most of them are ex-strippers now. Um and we kind of want to challenge the, the stigma around stripping and change perceptions and provide new spaces for women or and men to be strippers um, and kind of get out of the clubs, which are a bit crappy now. So, yeah, we're just kind of from all walks of life. And I knew about the collective before I moved to London. Like, I was, like, really keen to get involved. And... Um, we all work together at this venue, well, not all of us, but quite a lot of us, um, at this venue called The White Horse, okay. um, which has recently closed. Um, and that was a strip pub, so I don't think you have strip pubs in America. Like, Lux, she's just never seen one before, so I took her. And she What's was like, a strip pub? Basically, it's a pub, but there's strippers, but it's not all, like, it's not flashy like a, a club is. It's, it is literally a pub and then there's a stage in the corner and there's strippers. Is it like like bikini dancing type thing? Um, it's fully nude. It's like fully nude, set. okay. Um, and it is one of the few places where girls still get stay, like paid to go on stage. So they will go around the room with a pint glass and or a jug and each customer has to put a pound in, like they have to, otherwise they get checked out. Oh, um, no. Yeah, and people people can be a bit, like, snooty about it, saying it sounds a bit, like, trashy. I'm like, well, dancing on stage for free is kind of degrading, so actually getting paid is, you know, it's a good thing. Um, so, yeah, it's called a collection or a jug collection. And you do your collection, and then you go on stage, and you empty out all your pound coins into your purse and change the end. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's just, like, normal. it just be on rotation. But there's no, like, tips, but that's that's how you get paid. Um and there's a lot more emphasis on stage show than in the clubs. So that's why we were quite fond of them as a collective because we're all performers. We love to dance and, and do our thing on stage. So we all kind of were really fond of the pubs, but lots of them are closing down due to licensing issues um, in the area. So it was um, their White Horse closed on Saturday and there's like a huge closing party. And oh. it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty sad. But yeah, it wasn't perfect in, in, by any means. Like, you still had to pay to work, but it was best of a, of a bad bunch, I would say. Gotcha. So you're trying to, like, with the collective, it seems, how many people are in this collective? I don't know. Like, there's some of us who kind of are, like, more of the main, like, be more at the forefront, and we do more, more of the dancing and then the events organizing. But there are loads of people in the collective who kind of dip in and out. Um, so we basically put on events like parties and we have a poll and we all like do some stage performances and we give the like the punters um, fake dollar bills like pink ones that they change what up. What are punters? Oh punters are like the customers. Okay okay. That's what we call them the punters yeah. <laughs> gotcha gotcha okay. Yeah so yeah uh, they all have um pink dollar bills and they can like make it rain on us and then we collect all those tips at the end and we can like cash up 
So that's really you cool. guys have coins for dollars. Exactly. That would be fucking terrible if people were just like chucking coins at I you. Ah. That would be terrible. Yeah, exactly. So that's why like we're really, I think we kind of like idealize this make it rain thing over here because we're like, that's so cool. We don't have that's that. So we try and incorporate that into our performances. Um, yeah, and basically we just like talk about, sometimes we have talks or there's been poetry before. Um, and we did like a big festival last year where we had like lots of different events. We had like two parties. We had like a stripper fair. So we like loads of strippers were all selling their old, you know, outfits or like swapping them. Oh, that's fun. Um, we did like a academic symposiums. So we had speakers come um, and talk about the industry and it was really interesting, like all the different, different things about, um, yeah, what's happening with it and how it used to be and stuff like that from an academic perspective. So, yeah, we just kind of put on different, different events and try and like preach the word about strippers are awesome. <laughs> that sounds really fun, A, but B, it's like you're taking the control away from the club owners who I know in, you know, strip clubs here, it's, the, the strippers have the least power at the club because, as you said, like, you have to tip out everyone and you do have to pay over here, too, um, to strip. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And then you feel like – and it's – I mean, I can't speak for every strip club, but a lot of them are, like, non-stripper-owned, you know, like, male boss who are, like, taking most of the money and not, you know – Obviously, they're paying the rent and things like that, but it seems like you're finding a way around that to put the power in the control of the dancers. Yes, yes, 100%. We want to reinvent the industry. We want to have our own venue one day, so that's, like, the goal. And, um, yeah, I mean, getting naked is, like, pretty, like, intense thing, so you should get paid for that. Like, you shouldn't have to, you know, be, be groveling away to old men, like, trying to you know, trying to hustle money for something that, you know, kind of beyond that, you, you should, you should get paid for being naked. Yeah. I 100% agree. And if it's, you know, and it seems like, you know, I've seen some videos from these, it's creative, it's artistic, it's engaging, yeah, it's really fun. Like you're putting on these maybe less slimy shows, or maybe you're demanding more respect for yourselves do you have security there do you bring on security and things like that yeah we we have security and um, we don't do any private well we don't really do private dances like if someone asks we might do one or two but um, <laughs> mainly it's the stage and yeah so you're on the pole when you're on stage you're the queen like no one can touch you when you're up there you know you're complete ownership of the room so it is like reclaiming it. You can do whatever you want. You, there's nothing wrong with being a little bit trashy and a bit smutty. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we just kind of do all our own styles. And I think it's such an incredible show because most of those girls are like self-trained. They're not really, it's really separate thing from the pole community. Yeah. Like I'm kind of in both, but most of them are just, they've been taught like by other strippers in the strip clubs. They, they don't go to classes. They've never been into a studio before. So the way that they dance is so authentic and it's so amazing to watch. Like, it's really, really incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. And then you guys are also, did I see you're working on a magazine? 
yeah, so we're doing like a little fanzine called Stripperzine. Um, so we're just going to talk about, like have lots of different things in it, but a little bit about the history of pole dancing, which I did a piece on, and kind of interviews with people and like silly little comics um, and just a whole bunch of like different things to get lots of like some photography as well. I don't know if you do know Millie Robson. I was just going to ask. I thought I thought she was involved and she is yeah. an amazing photographer. Yeah, so. she's incredible, yeah. So we were at her house in um, at her studio and we were doing the fanzine there. And so some of her photos will be in it as well. Um, yeah, and yeah, she yeah she was also at the White Horse as well. So it's kind of a uniting thing. And lots of us like kind of met there. Um, yeah, so we're just working on that. We're going to try and get it out um, before uh, our next party, which is on the fourteenth of August. Oh, soon. Um, yeah, quite soon. So we're doing like a funeral, like jazz march thing as in like R.I.P. Shoreditch. So Shoreditch is like area of London where um, most of the, the strip pubs were and it's becoming very gentrified and lots of the family run independent businesses are being shut down and it's losing its creativity and its vibe. So we're doing a kind of like sort of like a protesty R.I.P. Shoreditch thing. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to have, like, a coffin, and there's going to be, like, a pole in there, some stripper shoes, <laughs> and we're going to walk it down ah. so, down Rivington Street towards the venue called Red Gallery, where we're going to have our, our show. So it's going to be, like, all dead rock stars-themed night. Oh, my Sadly, God. Sadly, I won't be there, because I'm teaching workshops up north, but <laughs> oh my it's God. Been epic, and everyone should come. <laughs> That sounds so freaking fun. I love yeah. it. Like you're 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 like reclaiming stripping as like a art art form, you know? It seems like taking I said it before, but I feel like you're bringing the power back into you know, you having the creative eye and you being able to execute and having control over everything. Yeah, and that's how it should be, to be honest. Like when the girls talk about how the pubs used to be, they used to be all stage shows and there was no private dancing. And they were saying how the girls were a lot more sassy with the customers and they didn't really give a fuck because they didn't have to like, you know, suck up to them to get dances. Like they didn't have to do that in those days. So it was just all stage and their stage performances were a lot more like, you know, grand and elaborate because that's what they were getting getting paid for so I, I'm sad that I wasn't around in that era I would have loved to see it but hopefully we'll bring it back and we'll have a new generation yeah you create your own yeah exactly so if you see any of the pictures from our parties like you'll just see like how mental they, they are really fun yeah I'm gonna put all of your social media and everything in the show notes so people can go over and check it out yeah, definitely check it out yes and so um, another thing that you post about is City of Queens. Is that, yeah. that's like another venue that you? This is a separate thing that I, like a venture that I've started on. It, it's quite new, so I'm not, like I don't really know loads about it yet. But basically okay. I just heard for a friend about this audition for like an American style strip club. And I was like, that sounds awesome. And it was like to do with like twerking and stuff. So I thought I'd just go, got nothing to lose, see what it's about. Um, so I went to this audition. I was like the whitest person at this audition. They were all like amazing 
dance hall like twerk black girls they were so good and I was like oh god <laughs> and, and, then and then you'd released your your butt work and then they were like <laughs> bow down I was as good you know but like I thought there was gonna be a pole and there wasn't a pole so I was like okay I'm just gonna have to do all floor work <laughs> um so yeah and I bought my massive stripper sho- shoes my pony ones and all the girls were like are you gonna audition in those shoes and I'm like yes I am <laughs> 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 so um yeah because I don't think any of them were strippers so it was I just did something a little bit different from what they were doing but they were it was a really nice atmosphere actually they're all really friendly and really talented dancers so it was just in, in at Pineapple Studios, and um, we all auditioned in front of each other, and then they were going to, like, announce it on Instagram who got through. And I was, like, the first dancer to get through, so that was Congrats. cool. Yeah, so they've only picked five, and there's an audition um, soon that they're going to pick, like, the next, hopefully, ten. They want to have 15 dancers. And, yeah, they, they, they're just opening this different side of, of strip club, but... Um, I don't know what it's going to be like yet. I don't know. I just, I know that they have more of an emphasis on, on good dancers. So if they're looking at that, then that's positive. Um, and our launch night is on the 10th of September, Spearmint Rhino. And I don't know if you follow like So Spider on um, Instagram. She's a no. like American stripper. And she's like insane. And they call her Spider because she does like this twerking thing on the ceiling. Oh, <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. I know who she is, and yes, I do follow her. <laughs> She's coming all the way from the U.S. to, like, host uh, really? our launch night. So that's going to be incredible. Um, yeah, there should be, like, lots of celebrities there and, and stuff, so we're all going to perform. And I'm, like, head choreographer, so I've got to organize oh all the gosh. girls, like, routines and teach them pole and stuff. But, um so this should be really good. Yeah, they're going to do the thing like the, the cashing in for the dollar bills when you say American yeah. Style Strip Club, they're going to be able to throw, yeah. like, make it rain. Okay. Yeah, like make it rain. So that's, that's happening. Oh, wow. I feel like you're like the like total punk rock over there starting like a whole new <laughs> yeah. scene. You weren't around in the late 70s, early 80s to see the emergence <laughs> of punk rock in the London scene there. So you're doing like your 2016. Yeah. Yeah, stripper punk rock <laughs> bringing it back yes good for you yeah so lots of things have happened this year so it's quite quite insane yeah and you just did um am, is it called dance filthy dance? yes okay yeah Dance I know those are all over can you explain for those of us who don't know what those are so dance filthy was created by um Maddie and Shimmy in Australia. So, um, yeah, we, we basically brought it to the UK and we I think our first one was last year, so it's been a year now. And it's just all like stripper style, sexy, you know, competitors. Pole, but definitely on poles. Definitely on pole. But you know what? There's actually not, there's not as much pole. Like you can do like two tricks and most of it can be floor work. Oh, so cool. it's more, it's just, yeah, it's a lot more authentic and, and sexy and there's more floor fuckery going on. So that's what it is. It's really fun though. It doesn't feel like a competition. It's just like a big show. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So like the sexy style pole dancers come out and it's like 
ratchet. Like the photos yeah. look <laughs> amazing. And I know, yeah, it's in Australia and so in London. I don't know where else they have them. Oh, I don't know if they have them in any I'm going to research. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, because obviously Pole Theatre has like taken off and that's all over mm-hmm. the world now. So hopefully Dance Filthy will, will spread too because I think it's really great. Um, yeah, so normally we have like an amateur category and a professional category. And then we have like the elite crew who are basically just, um, just put on a show. They're not competing. Um, and that's how it's kind of divided and there's normally lots of glitter. I brought my dollar bills for my show. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really crazy. It's really fun. That's cool because there's a lot of people who maybe, like, fantasize about performing in that kind of environment but, you know, wouldn't have, you know, like the balls or the, the maybe even career options to do something like you do so where it's like out in the public as you know a performer so it's nice for within the pole community which is like a more safe environment to be able to enter into a contest like that that isn't judged based on maybe like you know high um, pole champion standards but instead just like for fun just for fun yeah yeah exactly um I've never done a competition without my heels. I've only done, like, sexy comps. So I don't know what... I've heard that it's, like, quite intense, like, some of the competitions. So. Girls are good, and guys are good, yeah. Yeah, which is, like, it's just a different different yeah. thing. And for me, I'm all about the show. Like, I love performing, and that's why I do it. So I, I don't think I'd really thrive in a very, like, highly, highly competitive atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I would enjoy it, you know? So... I think it does provide a space for people to try something different and, yeah, to get their sexy on, which is, I think there needs to be more of those kinds of things because um, it's hard, like, if you want to perform but you don't want to compete, so. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it seems like you're creating some in London and, yeah. I, you know, it's it's slowly happening over here as well where the competitions are awesome, but you really have to train like an athlete and some people aren't capable of that, you know? So it is nice to I just be able to perform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't, I, I definitely see myself as more of an artist okay. than an athlete. I don't train enough. I'm too lazy. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> you just I'm put not your effort. Like, out the press ups. Like I, I dance a lot, but um, yeah, it's not quite on the same same level as that kind of athletic standard. I know, which I love watching that as well. I love watching yeah, everything. It all has validity. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> but we also spoke with, um, let's go back to your twerk, which it's funny that you didn't know what that was until recently because you're amazing at it. And we had um, Vertical Joe on last week. Yeah. And she talked to us a little bit about her twerk, te- twerk technician program. And um, I had hinted that we were actually having a certified twerk work technician I can't say that <laughs> a bit of a tongue twister isn't it a certified twerk technician on the show which is you you were certified so how did that happen and what was that like I just saw an event like about the fact that Joe was teaching and that you could become twerk certified and I was like oh my god she's come all the way from Atlanta like this is it I have to definitely go so um yeah and then I just signed up and 
I because I like I know some twerk already, and I was like intrigued to see like how much we would learn. We learned loads. Like there's so much twerk I do not know. <laughs> so many different positions and like technique. It was amazing. Um, it was really tiring as well. We did like a workshop at the beginning and I was just like red in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, can't breathe. It was really intense. Yeah. But it was really good. And yeah, Jo's a really good teacher and her bum is fabulous. <laughs> so good. You're telling me. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> How many days was it? Was it just a one day certification program? It was like a one day intensive. Yeah. It was like six hours, I think. Okay. So. Yeah, we, wow. we did the workshop and then she broke it down. Like We went through like all the moves in this workbook. Um, yeah, they've all got these like ratchet names. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, because obviously the way I learned it, I didn't really know what everything was called, so I just made up some other names. So I was like, okay, this is what this is called now. Yeah. Yeah, you got your twerk education. Yes, yeah, which was awesome. It's it's. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I don't think there's much of a big thing here. So um, it is harder to find spaces that teach that kind of style. And yeah. you're now certified to teach it. Yes, yes. And do you teach in London? I do, yeah. So I teach, like, uh, I do, like, a pole exotica class. And then I do, like, a sass and ass class, which is, like, everything. Like, twerk, floor work, like, some sexy choreo, all the good stuff in one. <laughs> So yeah, I love teaching. I've only I've only started teaching like last November. Yeah, so I'm I think I'm still learning um, as an instructor, but it's something that I love. Like I didn't realize how much I would enjoy it, and to be able to, you know, bring someone out of their shell and for them to like kind of embrace themselves and their bodies and their sexy side is such an amazing thing to be able to give to someone. Um, yeah, so I, I love it. I really love teaching. Yeah, wow. And so, I mean, I wish I was as comfortable in my own skin at 20 as as you are, you know? <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure so, you know, you post online unabashedly, you know? You'll be yeah. twerking in your thong. You'll be pulling in like, you know, a little bikini and um, just <laughs> yeah. doing whatever you feel. And so... You know, reality is not everyone is as open-minded as you or I, you know, and our audience. So what has been your experience with social media? Has, have you had any issues or, and how do you handle that? Um, I think when I was at home in, in Devon, like when I first started posting things, they weren't that explicit at the beginning, just me like doing a poll trick. Um, I think like, yeah, people could be quite like, catty about it like especially at school um and I was always known as that like that pole dancing girl like I was just completely defined by it <laughs> people were quite mean to me about it like not directly to my face but I knew that like people would talk about it um but you know I had I always had friends who who understood and I remember one time I invited loads of people over to my house and I was like oh yeah and I can teach you to do like some spins on the pole and one of them was like I don't want to learn how to be a stripper. And I was like, okay then. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you don't become a stripper by spinning around a pole. That's not you how really this works. <laughs> if only it worked like that. Yeah. <laughs> Practically, a tender stripper. Yeah. 
So um, I think definitely in the beginning it was a bit difficult, but I just kind of like filtered out. I think when I moved to London, it was much easier because it was like a fresh start and I just kind of like branded myself that way quite early on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, all the people that I'm around are all like pole dancers or strippers or performers um, or like in, yeah, in all these kind of different scenes that overlap. So I'm not really around like vanilla people, should I can put it like that. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's, it's not too bad for me at all in terms of, of social media. But I do find that like the greater your following, that you do start to get your trolls and stuff. Yeah, as I say, there's gotta be, girl. You're like pretty and you're <laughs> sexy. There, I've, I've been on the internet before. I know you gotta get yeah. some creepy, creepy jerks out there. Yeah, there's definitely some, some, like comments that are a bit rude but like I don't really bother about it like sometimes I reply like silly replies or I just delete them because there's no point like wasting effort and anxiety over that like you don't need to prove anything to that person (laughs) so uh, yeah I think it's it's not too bad at this point Uh, and like I think I grew up in a social media generation so I've always been like quite on that and I I know how it works yeah when I was like thinking as you're talking, when I was your age, MySpace wasn't even around yet. Like we did not. I didn't even have a cell phone until I was like, crazy, 21. It? Yeah, so I didn't have. Like I always think, like, damn, I would have been in trouble. But it seems like you um, were raised in it, so maybe like you just have thicker skin, or you know how to handle it better, or you understand the reality of like, oh, just letting that troll get to you is just what they want so just delete them ignore them don't feed energy into it because I'll like get comments on things that are like so innocuous like you know like someone in like a bad kitty you know or I'll see comments and someone in a bad kitty outfit you know doing some real like a beautiful strength move on a pole and someone feels the need to type something about them being a hoe or something like I, I can't imagine that you don't see that too. And like, I'm offended reading this and it's not even directed <laughs> at me, but. <laughs> yeah, I know there's definitely been some like upsetting like things, but I don't know. I just, I think you just, yeah, you just get used to it. You just it brushes over you and you just have to take it back. If someone calls you a slut, be like, yeah, I'm a slut and what? Like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you just have to take ownership. So that's why I'm, I love all, like, the ratchet and, like, nasty words like that even that are, you know, they're, they've got derogatory connotations, but I'm reclaiming them and making them a good thing, a positive thing. So, yeah, welcome to the hoe life. <laughs> yeah, I, what do, yeah, I saw someone use this hoe as an acronym, and now I can't remember what it is, so I shouldn't have even brought oh. it up. It was, like, heaven on... Yeah. Oh yeah. Heaven on earth. Yeah. That would be it. It was like, you you know, there's this woman I follow on Instagram and she always, you says ho life. And it's like someone was, you know, talking shit on her. She's like, in my world, it means heaven or heaven on earth or something along those lines. And she was like, I reclaimed it. And you know, you have no power over me. And I was like, yes, queen, do it. (laughs) I love that. That's what it's all about. Um, and yeah, when you get into the habit of doing it, you just 
automatically do it all the time. I did find like when, so I, I actually went to uni for like a term and then I dropped out. <laughs> but when I was there, I brought my pole and I like, I put my pole up and I was really open about pole dancing and stripping and stuff. But sometimes it can be difficult because then people define you by that and then that's all that you are, if that makes sense. So they don't really want to know anything about else about you. Just like, oh, you're that stripper girl, like do us a show, give us a lap dance. I'm like, no, like, why should I? But it's, it's annoying because, like, it's such a huge part of who I am. But then when you're defined by it, it's difficult to, like, talk about anything else. Because mm. um, it fascinates people. Yeah, yeah. People are so shocked that you're, you know, so... Open you know, about it. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the, I don't know what it's called, like the security people kept trying to like take down my pole and I just kept moving it around. And obviously when I was at uni, I was just like going out quite a lot. So they came over like and tried to take it away and I was drunk and I was like, no, and I was like crying. <laughs> and all of these other people outside, all these other students were like, don't take her pole, it's her life. <laughs> it was just a <laughs> comical scene, I don't know what's happening. Um, I think it was like for health and safety or something silly. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you came up with some something to justify it. Yeah, yeah. But um, I spent more time in the pole studio than I did at uni, and I was just like, oh, I just need to have a crack at this dancer stuff. So I just I moved to London uh-huh. and, yeah, and had a go. It was a lot harder than I expected. <laughs> London is quite uh, expensive and like yeah. I I wasn't even used to like looking after myself yet like feeding myself and paying my own rent so I was like this is quite difficult shit this adulting stuff so it was a long process the first year was a bit of a trial and error <laughs> shall we say but um, it sounds like it forced you to hustle though you know yeah it did it did and I met some amazing people that I would never have met if I'd stayed at home and you know, opportunities I had here that I would never have had if I was living, you know, in Devon. So I'm really grateful that I, I did just, like, pluck up the courage to do it. But it's hard because when I when you know you want to be a pole dancer full-time, like, how do you do that? Like, no, there's no, like, course. There's no, yeah. <laughs> like, work manual. <laughs> so I found that very difficult at the beginning to figure out how am I going to do this. Um, and it takes time to build up a repertoire of, of jobs in order to, to fund yourself <laughs> through life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no, it's not like, well, you start in, you know, at an internship and then you go up to a junior position and then you work your way up to middle management. There's not like a set course. And so you have to be creative and you have to be hungry. And it sounds like you dabble in burlesque as well which i i feel like your style of pull really does cross over into the burlesque world in the sense that it's like storytelling and it's like audience engagement and it's um you know concerned with costumes and things like that yeah definitely that was where my first interest came from before i found out about pole and um it's i haven't actually done burlesque officially but i definitely it's something i want would like to do um and yeah, like I, I applied the second year round, I applied for like theater and dance courses, but then I went to all these open days and I was like, I'm not, I don't want to be an actress. Like I don't, this style of dance is like, I could probably do it, but I would be a bit rubbish and I probably wouldn't be very happy. Like I would just be like, just about keeping up and I wouldn't be able to do all the sexy stuff that I want to do. So 
just didn't make sense to me. It was difficult. I even thought about doing like circus school, but um, again, I'm not like I'm not that level of acrobatic, um, and it's not so much about dance. It's more like you have your your apparatus and you train that obsessively, and it's amazing. But it's just not quite what pole dancing is. It doesn't fit into any of these genres. You're an artist. Um, you're an artist. You're like yeah. a pole. I would say you're a pole artist for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just so for anyone else who's like kind of like trying to get out there, I want them to know that it's like it is quite confusing at the beginning. <laughs> but you just have to find your niche and keep doing it and keep doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah, or create things, you know, yeah. what you're doing. Right, your opportunities like, like we have at the collective and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So let's jump into the second part then because um, – I'm interested to hear your thoughts on some of these coming from a more, you know, we've had a lot of the more OG, which is funny. I had you asked what an OG was. So for those yeah. who are not from the, I guess it's an Americanism. An OG is an original gangsta. So it just means like old school, you know, original polars. So we've had a lot of the OGs on lately. So yeah. you're like more new school. So I'm curious if you'll have different responses to these standard questions. So first one being, who was your pole crush? This one is so hard because, oh, it's just so hard. I would like to kind of, like, give a shout-out to, like, other girls who are, like, home pollers because I, I teach myself a lot even though I didn't at the beginning, but just because it's quite expensive to go to pole lessons and I'm, like, a struggling artist in, in London, <laughs> so I can't afford to, like, be going to loads of training sessions. So, yeah, I really like... um pixie lou and like angie b they're both really awesome and um yeah they do all this stuff in there in their houses and they're just like oh it's so good so good um but i have so many pole crushes it's so hard to like put it down to to one person yeah, yeah, I like, you know, I'll put those two in the show notes, too, because I don't know yeah. if many people follow them. Pixie Lou, she works at a club, I think. She does now, yeah. I don't think she, she wasn't, to begin with, a stripper, though. Yeah, yeah. she is, she does in, like, nine-inch heels backflips. I know. She is, like, a gymnast, the sexiest gymnast pole dancer I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, she is officially a gymnast stripper. Like, she's so good. She's insane. Yeah, so she's uh-huh. really fun to follow. Just really creative. I think she comes up with all of this on her own. And because you can tell, like, she'll post videos of her, like, fails, like, trying to, like, yeah. f- like front handspring onto the pole. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, amazing. I know. I would love to be able to do her pixie flip one day. You know, that backflip she does into the splits. I'm like, oh, probably should learn to backflip first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always nervous she's going to break her ankle. I feel like a doting mother sometimes when I watch her videos. I'm like, yeah. honey, pl- try that without the nine-inch heels first, please. <laughs> People always tell that to me when I try new tricks. I'm like, oh, I just, I just want to try it in my heels. It's so, so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's how you're going to end up doing it. That's how you feel comfortable, but mama over here gets a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. So it looks very dangerous and scary. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other person that you call, is it, it's Angie, right? Yeah, Angie. so I, I I'm not sure her. where she lives, but she yeah, she does um, just like really slinky, like sexy floor work stuff. And she's just so like effortlessly 
like salacious it's just so good like yeah you should definitely check her out yeah, yeah. she has her videos she has like a neon heart on the wall behind yes, her right it. she's yes. like yeah, another i follow both of those like home pullers so those yeah. are good good shout outs yeah. to the they girls who were like home. making it work on their own and like getting yeah. a following on their own that's hard you know you have to be you have to be so disciplined in a different way when you're on your own you don't have the energy of other people in the studio you know you're in your bedroom like your bed's right there like yeah. <laughs> just go lie down but yeah so you, if you're if you're in your own home it's different for sure okay yeah so she's I heart poll on Instagram if anyone's interested in learning some new dancers if you don't um don't know her already and uh, the other one is um Pixie Lubell yeah I think so yeah okay so and I probably should I should shout out some UK pollers like my fellow dance filthy competitors or like yeah we're like kind of like we all see each other at the same event mm-hmm. so like Rhiannon White is like a red-headed Marilyn Monroe and she's like been like slaying it this year oh my gosh yes I've been talking to her because she just got a pool parlor shirt shameless oh. plug um I sell shirts on the on the on the website in yes. on the shop and other novelty stuff. So I've been talking to her on that, and she's she's hot, and she just did dance filthy, and she did like a chair dance, and yeah, yeah, she's super hot, super hot, like really, like she's like so tall, so her legs are like so long, yes. and she's just yeah, really, really sexy, yeah. And then like Anna Frost has got the most bendiest back I've ever seen <laughs> I don't know if I know her oh uh, yeah you should check her out too um we did this funny like bend off thing so like she posted this picture where she like couldn't touch her toes even though her head can touch her bum <laughs> and so I posted a picture of me in my eight inch heels like touching my toes <laughs> I was like <laughs> Anna <laughs> as See? a joke. flexibility and, uh, is deceiving yeah. sometimes yeah so we posted like bend off pictures where we were doing different poses and like I'm I'm 100% a front bender my back is okay but it's not like at that level that <laughs> I'm super contortion bendy um yeah so she's really cool as well oh well yeah thank you for for calling out some of you know the newer pollers because I love discovering yeah. new pollers and I love supporting you know, people who are doing things a bit independently. So um, can't wait to to put those in the show notes and for everyone to be able to check them out. Yes. And so next is how would you like to see the poll community evolve over the next five years? Um, I think my response is going to be quite similar to some of the others on the podcast. I do think there should be more shows and there should be Maybe more like amateur shows for people who are just starting out and they just want somewhere to like try and perform and it's not like super pressurized. Um, Because um, I teach for um, a studio called Spun, which is owned by Rose. She's called Tequila Rose um, on Facebook. Um, And we're doing an event where like, we just anyone can, can come perform and we've got a couple of poles in just like this normal club, which is like a normal bar. We're putting some poles up. And we're going to have our dollar bills and everyone just can't perform. It's just like casual. Um, yeah, so we're doing that on the 25th of August. And I'd like to see more stuff like that, just like for people to come in and show what they've learned um, and to be a bit more relaxed about it. It doesn't have to be like a high-profile thing. Um, and I think maybe even within Sexy Pole or Stripper Style, there is a lot of different 
styles and I think eventually they will like splinter off so it'll be like I don't know if they'll have names but like some people I call it like competition sexy so like it's very like on point it's really slinky but it's also very choreographed um and clean like quite clean and my <laughs> I like photographs are like oh I just yep fell out of that just it's, kill bang. it's sexy jump. but it's not nasty <laughs> yeah jump into the splits twerk like it's very like kind of it's more like because I'm quite inspired by dance hall and their, their dancing is very raw yes um they have this thing called like orgasm leg where they like shake their leg like vibrate it it's called orgasm I've leg. seen it I didn't know that's what it was called yeah that's it. what it's called I'm like oh that is like another level but <laughs> yeah so there are lots of different styles, I think, even within sexy. And I think that those might kind of differentiate from themselves eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Just more exploration. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So you shared a bunch of things you have coming up. You have on the 14th is your um, next show with the East London Shippers Collective. And yes. then the 24th of August is the show at Spun's 25th, excuse me, is the, the show <laughs> at um, Spun Studio in London. Am I getting this yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, it's actually going to be um, in, Croydon, in Croydon, which is, yeah, in London, but um, it's going to be at this bar called Alchemy. So Alchemy, Croydon is where it's going to be at. And you said um, you were about to do like a workshop tour or something. So um, that real uh, quick. I'm teaching workshops like all over the UK. Um, I'm still booking some now. So I started in June. I'm just going all over really like Wales, Scotland, up north, south, like yeah, all over. So yeah, um, most of the dates I think are on my Facebook page. Um, There probably will be more. That's really fun and exciting for me to like go and meet different people all over the, the country. So that's cool. And you're going to pole studios and just doing Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like my trap queen workshop. Um oh. yeah, the whole trap queen thing comes from like one of my pole friends started calling me trap queen because I just started, I would dance to that song like obsessively. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> I really like that song. So um, I feel like when I had that song, I kind of found my style as well. I don't know. So I'm, I think it has magical properties for me. <laughs> oh yeah, music is so important in dance yeah. in all types of dance. You know, it's. It is integral, yeah. Yeah. So are you booking, like, all of your – I'm just curious, you know, as this punk rocker pole dancer, you are yes. Are you booking all of your own um, workshops or um, – So it started off, like, studios started approaching me, and then I thought over the summer I'll try and do as many as I can because I'm actually going to university in September. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so I just – uh, yeah, I just now I'm just doing whoever books me because I'm booked up till like the end of September. And I don't want to go too crazy when I'm studying. So, <laughs> like, and, yeah, if you're investing yeah. in university, you should be present. Yeah, exactly. I probably should study a little bit, <laughs> but I will still be doing all of my dance stuff. But okay. it was just me, like I have to prioritize a little bit. What yeah. are you going to school for? I, I'm doing journalism and publishing. So. Cool. I yeah, I used to be super into my writing and my literature, so I'm hoping that will brush up my skills a little bit and um, it'll just be like another string to my bow, I think. So I'm excited. Yeah, there you go, and we'll be able to um, 
catch a little bit of of it in the zine that you have coming out soon. Exactly. So you can get a little yeah. taste of your journalistic. Yeah. Plans. Maybe I'll bring it on online and start blogging and things as well. That would be quite cool. So. I would love that because you don't have like a website or anything right now, right? No, no, I really should make one of this, should I? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on my to-do list of things to do. But things have just blown up very quickly yeah. for me, like in a short space of time. So it's just like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, so that's, that's definitely cool. up there on my agenda. Or maybe you could like integrate it into a school project of sort if they like necessitate something like that. That could be like... exactly like I always used to do like my literature essays on sex. I just did what I was interested in <laughs> when you were like sixteen, seventeen. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. They probably thought I was crazy. I did. Like, I did the sexual like connotations of Frankenstein. <laughs> Yeah, I got an A, so it was fine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Open-minded teachers there. I like it. <laughs> Very cool. You're so interesting. So um, can you, before we sign off, leave us with some type of empowering message or quote or anything just to sign off? Yeah, I had this. I wanted to, like, quote a little bit of poetry from my literature roots. Um so, yeah, it was really important to me because um, it was like someone wrote it. To, like, it wasn't um, written by them, but it's, it's by Lord Byron. It's called She Walks in Beauty. And um, they wrote it out for me. And it was kind of like talking about your inner beauty. And I think that's really important with Paul, like finding your, your self-empowerment. So I'll just read like the first four lines because I think that's like the most important bit. Sure. So it's, it goes... Um, she walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climes and starry skies and all that's best of dark and bright meet in her aspect and in her eyes. So it's about like finding your own badassness and owning that, like, you know, giving zero fucks and just like finding what makes you beautiful, what makes you powerful. And to me, that's what that, that kind of poetry means. You know, even if it is in a place that's unusual, which I feel like, a lot of us in the poll community feel like that we are the odd ones out. And <laughs> um, that's why like the unicorn is such like a huge symbol for, for pole dancers because it's about being different but also being really cool and awesome and sparkly and fantastic. So that's that would be my empowering message to everyone. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic <laughs> yeah and you embody it so um we appreciate you putting yourself out there and for you know serving as inspiration for the rest of us and oh no worries i hope it helps you know someone out there because i know what it's like it's a hard struggle <laughs> indeed well kitty velour thank you so much for being on the podcast it's been quite a pleasure speaking with you today thank you for having me it was amazing Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Poll Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit pollparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poloholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening. 